Hello there and welcome. The message you're about to listen to is courtesy of Heaven Citizens Christian Center. We pray that God blesses you as you listen. Amen. So today we're going to be taking the journey a little bit further. Uh, and I think everything that we're talking about ties together in very interesting ways. Uh, even with the prayer we have prayed this morning. Uh, is we need to get into a particular consciousness that God has things that he wants to do in the earth and it's not going to come down from heaven to do them. That God has placed you where he has placed you because you are in the perfect place for what he wants to do through you. And if you don't pay attention to what he wants to do through you, you will think that it's when we gather together like this on Sunday that those are the most important meetings. No. The most important opportunities we have to present Christ, to share the message, are all over the place around us, but we may not notice. And all the resources that God wants to use to do the things he wants to do is all around us, but if we are not attentive to his bidding, we cannot access his resources. Amen. If I don't know, so for example, if I call Rebi, and I say, Rebi, please, help me, help me, I need help. I need you to help me go to uh, Oregon, since you are familiar with Oregon area. I want you to help me go to Oregon and go and help me collect something. Whatever it is I want to collect from there, I will provide the resources to make it happen. I will finance the journey. I will provide a driver. I will provide a car. I'll provide an Uber. Now, if I provide all the driver, provide the Uber, provide the resources, and I say the person that is there is going to need one million to get what you want to get, and I give you the one million, and you leave this place and say, where am I even going? Sir? Which restaurant is very good on the island? <laughs> the resources are for the assignment. Amen. If you go to the restaurants in the island, after you have had a good time, you receive a phone call saying, how far? Hey, 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 hey. you sent me on errand it means next time I need to be careful about what I send you because you are not attentive to what you know to what is on my mind now in the same way we need to understand that God has assignments for us God has what he wants us to do that's why the resources are going to be available the only resources, reason is providing resources is because there's what he has in mind to do and we need to be alert so I'll give you an example Tomorrow on Monday, and, I, and I'm telling you this even from me. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to have a training somewhere. I'm training about 106 people on, on something that is like a life skill that they need to learn. I didn't put any adverts to say I'm available for training. I went together. Somebody read a book and said, Ah, if I can just find somebody that can explain this book to my people. Listen to me, oh. Someone read a book and said, ah, man, this book is really affecting me. Is there anybody who has read this book that can explain it to the people that I work with? And the person mistakenly mentioned it in somebody else's presence who knows me. And the person said, ah, I know somebody who can explain it. He said, hey, ah, I said, but the person doesn't have time. He said, so how can we get the person now? He said, the person doesn't have time and the person is, the time is, the time is very expensive. So they reached out to me and said, will you be able to do this? 
we need you to come and do two days. And I said, normally to explain this book, it takes me five days. I don't have five days, but two days, I'm going to crash. That's going to be crash. To call a long story short, we agreed, and I'm supposed to start the training tomorrow. And this morning, I realized I am not even thinking about that training as an assignment. I have not even activated my thinking to realize God is giving me an opportunity to meet 106 people I have never met before. This is a perfect opportunity to get across them, across to them much more than training. I we together. The reason why the opportunity was created was because I am God's representative. It's because God has found, let me use this person to connect with these people because I have what I want to do in their lives and you will represent me. I was together. But I need to be aware, otherwise I will have blocked a door when I finish. Now, this meeting is not free. So even the resources to make it happen are supplied. I was together. It's not a free meeting. They've already paid. I'm not sure they know what they've paid for. But they've paid. They've paid advance. I, I sent them, they, they were the ones asking me, are you not going to send us invoice? I'm like, oh. <laughs> send us invoice. So I said, okay, let me do invoice for these people. So they did invoice. I sent the invoice to them. I said, pay 70%, pay 30% after. I sent the invoice. I said, are you okay with this invoice? They said, yes, we are okay with it. I didn't say anything again. They said, we'll pay on Wednesday. I said, okay, no problem. But it's only now I'm realizing, no, no, don't get it wrong. The reason why God provides resources is because he has an agenda. Amen. Tell your neighbor God has an agenda. Now, two things happen. One, sometimes you don't see the resources. All you see is the agenda. Be aware that if it is agenda you are pursuing, if it is really his agenda, there is no limit to his supply for it to be done. Amen. Sometimes you don't see the agenda, you see the resources. If you are going to miss it, you will spend the resources on something else. And you will block the door for the next time. I have a friend who, I, I, I like his story. He relocated to the UK. He said God told him to relocate. Many people are relocated to the UK. They can't say that God told them anything. He said God told him it was time to go. So he went. He had been considering going for like seven years. He didn't have any release. Until the day he had a release, he went to meet someone to tell his, his, like his mentor that I want to go. And as soon as he came, he said, as soon as his mentor saw him at the gate, the mentor said, it's time, go. I said, sir, I want to say, don't explain anything. I've, I have a witness in my head that it's time for you to go, go. So he left. Now, this person shares his story with me and says, Diolu, this year, I've come back to Nigeria six times. The person has relocated. <laughs> he said, well, this year, I've come back to Nigeria six times. For evangelism, for missionary work, for discipleship, and I don't pay my ticket. Somebody who has a passion for what I'm doing has said, anytime you are going, tell me I pay. It's not cheap, tickets are not cheap. They are not cheap. People travel and they don't come back for 10 years just because of tickets. It's not, it doesn't make any. So it's come back this year six times. He plans to come back four more times. And he said, because of the relocation requirements, he cannot come for more than two days. So he plans to come on Saturday morning and leave Sunday night. And then he said, at work, 
His employer said, anytime you feel like traveling, just travel, come back. Eh? Let us know. Just go and come. Your work is still here. So the person is enjoying favor. The person is enjoying resources. The person is enjoying what they could not have planned that they will enjoy because they are on the pathway of they are situated in the middle of his agenda. Now, that when we, and this is a consciousness that we need to have, understand this, God is not blessing you for consumption. Amen. God, and, and that's, I think that's why we miss it. We miss it when we think the wealth is about how can I hammer before summer without trauma and live in Oklahoma. When I think God wants my life to be beautiful, he wants me to upgrade my life. And I'm asking myself, what exactly does an upgraded life mean? An upgraded life is a life you need to explain to people for them to understand that life is upgraded. Because you will not even know that it's upgraded except you explain it. I saw one of my friends driving a particular car. He had to explain to me the price of the car for me to understand it. I didn't know the price. I just felt, mm, nice car. Ah, I said, it's not a nice car. It's an expensive car. <laughs> you know, you saw only wearing this watch. You... Nice this watch, sir. Okay, check it very well. <laughs> no, no, come on, come on. Nice this watch with your comments and say it's nice. So even the upgraded life, I need to be explaining to you that is ah, this shoe ah, ah. <laughs> Feragam on you, <laughs> because even the Feragam on is not written on it. It's inside, and I will not be putting this shoe to show you that it's design I'm wearing. So what does the upgraded life really mean? God is not blessing you for consumption. So understand this. There are two sides of this equation. And we're still talking about the technology of abundance. And today, we are zeroing in on, on what do I need to activate? What are the things I need to be conscious about? One, I can see God's agenda. And I may not see any resources. I assure you, from the template of God's word, from consistently looking at his word, you will find the pattern. And those are the patterns we're going to be looking at. You find the pattern when God wants to do something... He channels the resources behind it. When it was time for the children of Israel to leave Israel, to leave Egypt, they emptied their neighbors. God did it in such a way that their neighbors were begging them with jewelry. Take, take, take! Go. When God wants to do something, there is no limit to the supply to make it happen. Sometimes you may not be sure of the agenda. You may see the resources. When you see the resources, if you want the flow of those resources to continue, continue to channel them in the direction that God wants them to go. When we live this way, we find ourselves in the flow of what God wants to do. God is never broke. Amen. God is never broke. God owns all things. When everything finishes and there's nothing anymore, God will say, let there be and there will be. Amen. Genesis 1 describes an earth that was broke, bankrupt, dark, without form, void, empty. And God moved into the scene and he began to call things to be. So when things are bad and they are, they are worst, the only thing that needs to be missing for nothing to happen is God. If God is present, everything can be restored. So understand this. Once we understand this, we realize God is not broke. So if I'm broke, it's because I am not in alignment. Amen. I can be broke because I'm not in alignment. Because God is not broke. And if I'm in Christ and I'm in him, 
and we make our unions together, there's no reason why I should be. Because the things he wants to fund, he funds. The things he wants to spend on, he spends on. The things he wants to do, he makes sure that they are done. So this morning, it, it, just, it just sparked in my head. I'm like, look, you have an opportunity to disciple these people. That's what it is. The reason why I've brought you here and I've brought all the resources around to make this happen is because I want to introduce you to a new set of people that you have not met before. And I have an assignment for you to do in their lives. You know, and, you know I tell people sometimes when I say, I don't charge, I don't know how, to, I don't like charging people. I, as in, I have never been able to finally see teaching, training as my business. I was together. I, as in, I'll get there, maybe when I understand the agenda properly. I always feel like they want me to come and speak there. No problem. No problem. Someone was testifying where I went to speak class. I think we went together. The person said, I accepted before, I, before they give me a letter. I said, which was the letter? They bossed me and said, eh, are you free on this day? Check your calendar. I said, I'm free. They said, they want you to come and talk to us. I said, who? Uh, is Piki that is telling me that they want me to come and speak to them on 28th of August. I said, no problem, I'll be there. Then I got out came and said, ah, this is our letter. I said, eh, okay, thank you for the letter. I, did, I didn't read the letter. I didn't read the letter until I spoke. I, in fact, I've not read the letter. The only purpose of the letter for me was to know the address. And even on the day I went to go there, I still didn't know the address. I asked them, what's the address? Send me the address so that I can put it on Google Map. I've never been able to see it as... I don't know what they wrote in the letter. Whether they said, I don't know. But when we finished, I said, they said they gave me an envelope. I didn't even see the, what was in the envelope until they paid it in. What am I saying? I'm saying, I've not been able to work it out in my mind to say, I'm going somewhere... This is how much and all those kind of things. But I'm realizing that God is financing what he wants to get done. God has what he wants to get done. So there are two ways. Either I participate in what God wants to get done and I find myself in the stream of God's supply or I find myself in the streams of God's supply and I ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Because I don't understand what's going on right now. Because it's not for your consumption. When God is blessing you and blessing you and blessing you, if you don't want to stop the flow of God's blessing, you identify what does he want you to do. Now, in scriptures, if we look at this, and we can, you know, this is a very sweet Bible study conversation. We will study the Bible from back to front. I like Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a Bible study that basically takes the Bible from back to front, identifying the issue of faith. We're going to take the Bible from back to front, identifying the issue of resources. And the issue of abundance. How does God marshal it? How does God direct it? You know, some, sometimes, I, I don't know if you, if you feel me, sometimes there's some work you do, there's a lot of stress involved in that work. You are, sometimes when people, when people talk to me, I'm like, I'm looking at their faces, and I'm thinking, I just wondering, why do you like Wala like this? So you say, some people just assume, when they see that you are doing big business, ah, you have made it. You must have made it now. How many Millions are you selling per month? Say, look, on every bottle, maybe you make 50 naira. Do you understand? So if you sell 1,000 bottles, maybe you have made 50,000. I'm giving you an example. It looks like a lot of work. You do a lot of work to create that value. And then somebody comes and says, please, come and train us. Tell us how you want to train us. What's convenient for you? Charge us. And then you send him a bill and say, your bill is 3 million. And they say, oh, we can't pay 3 million. Can we pay 2.5? And 
You have not sold any bottle. You didn't even pitch for it. <laughs> you didn't even pitch for it. You are not marketing them. You didn't, as in, I can't remember the last time I did proposal. For any, I, in the early days, I did proposal. As in, <laughs> if I do proposal like I did proposal then, ah, as in, my level will change. <laughs> but you look at it and you're like, ah, God, what is this coming from? I, I think I shared with you last week, I shared with you last week how for the last two weeks, things that, I'm, it's not my business, it's not what I consider my business. They just buzz me and say, ah, we need this. And then, five minutes, 300k, 500k. And it's not my business. Paul is understanding, God, if you are sending abundance my way, what do you want to do? God, if I'm broke and I have nothing happening around me, God, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do? That at the at the beginning of everything that God wants to do, he puts resources in the place. So last week, we had a few conversations and we said, you know, God, we talk about technology, we talk about abundance. We said God is rich. God is the God, he has a kingdom. We are in his domain. He rules and rules over that kingdom. We define who God is. And we say that where God is and where he has the ab- abundance, there is no scarcity of resources for the things he wants to do. And then we began to examine in scriptures, how does God finance the things he wants to do? How does God resource the things that he wants to do? We have identified two key things this morning. That God is not, God is generous to his cause. Amen. God is very generous to his cause. When God wants to do something, he, he blesses it. Let me give you an example. Egypt has no connection with God, literally. Egypt was the land where the Israelites were held in captivity. Do you know why? God knows that in all the earth, the nation that has the capacity to document what happened at that time was Egypt. Because of God's agenda, God had given Egypt insights. God had given Egypt wisdom. God had given Egypt civilization. Egypt is supposed to be the first civilization in the world for those who studied the history of civilization. God had given Egypt the opportunity to be able to write. Egypt was drawing to represent symbols on the walls. They had a way of communicating. I was explaining to Ara recently that our own forefathers were not writing in Yoruba land here. So, if you are an Ifa priest, what an Ifa priest memorizes is, as, is literally as thick as the New Testament. And he must transfer it to his son without writing it down. Because he doesn't know how to write it down. So, he will Imagine that. You know, it's the same way, it's the same way Abraham passed the Torah to his children. Sim- similar model. And that's why the Jewish child, before he's 10, needs to memorize. And that's why you see the Muslims as well need to memorize a lot of work because they didn't know how to write. So, I will repeat it before you. I will repeat it before you. I will repeat it before you. Until you repeat it back to me. You repeat it back to me. By the time you are 10, you must be able to read, as in the average, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy by heart. So, I said then, we, we, and of course, because it's difficult to pass from brain to brain without documentation. So, some of the things are lost along the lines. The verses, chapters, some are missing. There are some people that they took in slavery to Brazil. They were able to retain small. Do you understand? Now, Egypt had discovered writing. They had discovered documentation. God had inspired them to discover it because God knows this is where I'm going to send my son to. 
I will send my children here so that the history of their document of, their, of what they did I can get. Then God organized for Israel to be under the captivity of Egypt so that Moses would be born there. God organized for Moses to be in the palace so that if education is available only to the rich and to the kings, he will have it. God gave Moses an opportunity to sit in the court of Pharaoh and understand their judicial system because God is going to build a judicial system and he had inspired. Do you understand? God always knows how to make sure the right things are in the right place at the right time. Moses could not have been an afterthought. Moses, if you look at it, Moses Moses now is the generation of the people who took what had been passed from head to head, head to head for generations and documented it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. Moses. God took him through a journey. So it was a mixture of two things. One, it was a journey of revelation. So there were things that God probably had revealed to one of their forefathers. Because somebody must have captured in the beginning. God said, let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be this. Nobody was there. So, maybe in, in God's conversation with Adam, Adam had asked God, God, how did this come to be? And God would have said, you know, in those school evenings, God would have said, ah, Adam, <laughs> it was one day like that, so it was dark and scary and this and that. And I came and I said, let there be light. And there was light. And I said, let there be this. And there was this. See? And let there be this. And let there be this. And, let there be this. and then it was Sunday. And, then on the, and I said, Joseph, give him the gist. He gave his children the gist. Pass it on from generation to generation. Head to head, head to head. Until God had a generation who he supplied the resources. Now, why Egypt? God knew that what I want to do, I need a nation that can document it and broadcast it. You see that everywhere else they went, people said, ah, we have heard of what God did in Egypt. We are afraid of your God. God wanted his news to be ahead of the... Now, what am I saying? I'm saying God history, his track record is that he is not in lack. There is never a time where there is no supply. Never a time. So last week we began to examine what are the sources of God's abundance. And the first one we identified last week, we said one of the key sources of God's abundance is his word. Amen. Say with me God's word. And without wanting to repeat too much of what we are Not only is God's word available for God to create abundance with, it's available for you as well. What does God say about his word? The Bible says in the beginning, God said, let there be light. God spoke and light became. I like the way Messi says this. He said, God spoke light. I think I'm pressing something. I think it's working well. Thank you. That is love. Eh, nothing is wrong with it. God spoke and there was light. What, how does this make a difference in my life? What do I need to know to be able to tap into what God did? The Bible says in John chapter 1, 1 to 3, it says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. It says all things were made through him and without him was nothing made that was made. Amen. Say with me, all things were made by God's word. Now, of course, what is John doing? John is making you realize that there is a human character that personifies God's word. His name is Jesus. And that's why he's taking us through the journey of the old, 
Council of John in the book of John is to let you know that the word of God has an embodiment. That embodiment is Christ. But he's saying to you that there was nothing that was made that was made without Jesus. Of course, Proverbs 8 also shows us that Jesus was there in the beginning. He called him wisdom. But look at here. God made all things by his word. That word was the person of his son. And it's a very interesting theological discussion. I don't want us to have this morning. In understanding that you cannot understand God's word if you don't know Jesus. Because Jesus Christ brings closure to God's word. Jesus Christ is the one that makes God's word not go off with tangent. God's word will have been used for anything but for Jesus. Are you always together? Jesus Christ is what lets you know that all of his words are serving to reveal me. If you don't see me in this world, there's no truth in them. So all things are made. He also says that I like this, this verse in, in John chapter 15, verse 5 and 7. It says, this is the passion translation. It says, as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. If you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully in you, then you can ask whatever you desire. That's the condition. Okay? It says, if you, it says, I'm divine, you are the branches where you are joined with me, and I with you. And if, go to the next verse, verse 7. It says, if you live, if my word, if my word is abundant in you, if you make my word, it says if you make yourselves at home in me and my words at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask for, I will do. What's the condition here? The condition is there is nothing you want to ask for that you will not receive for as long as my word is in you. So he's saying that you and I have access to also create and resource anything that God has planted in our hearts to do. This is echoing. Maybe give me the order. Thanks. So it shows here that essentially, I also, I can, once I allow God's word to abide in me, there is nothing that I want to create. Just stay, just stay with the slides. Stay with the slides, yeah. There's nothing I want to create that cannot be created. Once is what abides in me. The Bible says that God opposes all things by the word of his power. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and he that loves it each will eat his fruit. Now, we know that God created, before Adam was made, every resource that God wanted to have, he made it by words. It means you and I, when we find ourselves in dark spots, when we find ourselves in confusion, when we find ourselves wondering what the next thing will be or where the next thing will come from, we also have access to God's word. What do we need to do with God's word? One, we need to believe it. Amen. We need to believe. We need to find out what is God saying about this issue and believe it. Someone sent me a message just last week. The person just sent me a message to say, Dioru, thank you. Thank you for investing in us. He said, thank you for investing in us, I think, 25 years ago. And what was the investment? The investment was one day, I think I was in 300 level in school, I just realized, let's create our future. So I called six of my friends together. Six of my friends. I called them and I said, we can 
God created the world by his words. We can create our future by our words. Let's gather together and let's declare God's word about what our future will be. We are seven in number. And I said to them, what we are doing today, 20 years from now, we'll remember it. You know, I was just inspired. So I called them together and we, we confessed. 15 minutes, 12 midnight. It was like witchcraft meeting. It was in sports center in the football field at the center of the football field. No, 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 that was an academic group. 12 midnight. So 12 midnight, we agreed we'll meet at sports center in the middle of the football field and we'll declare together. This is what God says about me. I will say things like, you know, I can't be small because the greater one is on my inside. I can't be poor because, you know, I will define it from God's word and I will declare different things. One of the loud ones then was, I'm a solution provider. I can't be small. I can't be poor. I can't be unproductive. We shall declare different things. 15 minutes. And then I will say to them, after we did it for like seven days, I told them, please, don't invite anybody. But if anybody sees you and wants to come with you, don't tell them to go back. So no marketing, but no denials. So I do like that. After a while, before day 30, we were like 100. Everybody just gather. Nobody, nobody knew anybody. I'll just stand in the middle. I'll declare. This is what God says, and everybody will echo, will echo, will echo. Before we spent two months, we were like 300. Don't tell anybody. Every time meeting, please, don't market. <laughs> don't tell anybody. If anybody wants to come with you, don't refuse them. I will declare. The person sent me a message and says, ah, he said, she's just thinking now and she's remembering those things. And she's looking at her life and she has realized everything. As in, God's word is powerful. And the person asked me, please, I've even talked to my children. He said, please, if you can remember the things we used to say there, please send it to me. You know, and I looked at her and like, I smiled. So I called the seven people. I called, the, I bought the six people yesterday. The six of my friends. I said, please, if you can remember the things we used to confess, send your own so that we can collate it together uh, and see what's there. But the first thing we need to do is believe. Believe God's word. God's word is not just hanging in scriptures there as something for you to read and smile about. God wants you to internalize his words. And you will not internalize it except you believe. Believe. Believe God's word. That is the source and sustenance of all that he created in our lives. Number two, verbalize it. Okay, take those words and meditate on them. There are two ways to verbalize. You can verbalize by meditating. The Bible says this book of the Lord shall not come from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may observe to do according to what is written therein so that you can have good success and then your way can be prosperous. What does it mean to meditate? It means I need to set out time when I will chew on God's word the same way a goat chews the cord. You've seen goats. Long after the goat has eaten, the goat is sitting somewhere and it's like this. It's not in incantation. He's regurgitating the food and rechewing it as part of his own digestive process. The same thing was do with God's word. I need to verbalize God's word. It needs to become loud in my ears. I need to not only read it with my eyes, my ear needs to hear it. My mouth needs to mutter it. And it, had, it needs to happen day and night. Okay? Verbalize it. Number two, pray with it. One of the strongest things that developed my prayer my, my prayer journey with God was God's word. I used, to, I used to wonder as a young teenager, how can somebody pray for four hours? Four hours? What are you talking about? Is it not at two hours? I'm going to tell God, God, do it, 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 do it. Time is not going fast enough. 
do it, do it, do it. Is that what prayer is about? <laughs> but prayer became exciting for me when I realized that prayer was like a court case. It was like a court case. God, you said in your word that even the captive of the mighty shall be delivered. Even the willful captive shall be delivered. God, if I enter this thing willfully, even if I thought I knew what I was doing when I entered this, enough is enough. I'm coming to you on the account of your word. Your word says, come on to me. Let us do this together. Bring forth your strong reasons. Jacob. God, I'm bringing forth my strong reasons. Do you understand? When I realize that prayer is like a court case, I am standing before my judge and I am presenting my case. I am going to God's word and I'm finding reason. Your word says, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, I am your people. I am called by your name. They call me Christian. God, I'm tired of pursuing my own agenda. I humble myself. I seek your way. I pray. Forgive my sins. And it says you will heal their sins. You forgive their sins and you will heal their land. God, Nigeria needs to be healed. God, your word says that strangers shall be afraid and they will run out of their close places. These symptoms I'm having in my body, they are feeling like strangers. I don't feel like this normally. There is female anopheles mosquito that has entered and created plasmodium. He's a, 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 a stranger. Now I know the name because of biology. Your words they will be afraid and they will run out of their clothes. What am I doing? I'm verbalizing those words. In a way, I am meditating. In a way, I'm taking those words to him in prayer. Some of the verses in the Bible I will never forget in my life are the ones that have gone before God and said, God, <laughs> I found this in your word. You are very some of those kings who find it in God's word. You know, I learned from, is it from which of these kings? Is it Ezekiah? I learned that God, who invented writing, also reads. Amen. There was a king, Ezekiah, who said, God, look at the letter they wrote us. Look at the letter. See the brag. See what they have said. God, fight for us. God can read. So I can write my case. You know, I used to watch Matlock when I was young. It's a law court case. Very exciting on TV. And I liked American law. The, the brilliance of the lawyers. How do you go and defend the case? How do you package the case? Then I discovered that Nigerian law is not like that. Nigerian law, nobody's... There's no jury. Nobody's doing all those very fine things you watch on TV. In Nigerian law, you will write, 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 and send it to the judge. When you come to court, you just tell the judge, these are the things I have written to you. Review them and decide. The other ones will say, these are the things we have written to you. Review them and decide. It's not very exciting like the American ones. But you write and submit the case. God also can receive your written case. You can talk to God. In fact, I think when your case is written, you have the opportunity to refer to the cases you have taken before God in times past. And you can have a track record of, ah, God has done this one. God has done this one. God has done this one. Versus if I just pray to him and say anything words. Learn to verbalize. Then number two, number four, learn to obey. For God's word, we need to obey. His blessing is in obedience. Amen. God can declare fantastic promises. And he can cause things to be happening based on your prayers. I usually joke with this one. I say, let's imagine that we pray now. I say, God, we have realized that if all we have is one seed of maize, one seed of maize, if we plant it and it grows, it can yield two cups of maize. 
on each cup of maize, there are 650 grains of maize, averagely. So one seed of maize can give back to 1,300 seeds of maize in three months. Are we together? 1,300 seeds of maize, if we plant them two by two, so that if one doesn't fail, one doesn't grow, the other one will grow, we'll use our risk. Can give us 650 crops of maize that can give us 650 times two each. Is it multiplying? Everything that a seed needs to do to become a harvest is inside the seed. The only thing we pray for and we need from God is rain. Are we together? If I sit down and I pray and say, God, give us rain. And God gives us rain. And that rain doesn't mean my seed in the soil. Will I be blessed? No. The rain will rain. The rain season will go. I will still be where I am. It means whatever I'm trusting God to do, whatever I'm verbalizing about God's promises, there is requisite action I need to take. It is when I take that action that I can reap from what God is doing. Obey. And then the last but not the least with God's word, share. Share. Tell your neighbor, share. Tell your neighbor, share. Let me tell you something very interesting. And I'm sure many of us who have children have noticed this. If you're Lua, does not want to share. Give him biscuits. I say, can I have some? His answer is very sharp. No. Ah, Oga, I'm the one that gave you the biscuits. Just give me a bite. No. Ah, bros. Okay, take two biscuits. Give me one. No. Why? Because he's at the stage in his life where he's not ready to share. Why? Somebody analyzed it and said, you cannot really share until you first own. That there is something about sharing and it's a development stage in the life of children. Something about sharing that requires you to first of all understand ownership before you can share. The guy doesn't feel that the biscuit is his own until he has eaten it. <laughs> At this point in time. So, he cannot even understand the emotion of sharing because he doesn't own. Now, you can trigger it in two ways. One, by forcing yourself to share, you may begin to accelerate your owning process of realizing if I can share with somebody else, somebody is enjoying it, then it must mean that I really owned it. I see a beautiful dynamic that God has put in his word. Listen to me. There are things you will never fully grasp in God's word until you share it. There are revelations that you never really fully own until you share it. That sharing God's word has a way of maturing you. Some of us were kids, literally kids, when we began to preach, we began to teach, we began to share the gospel, we began to do missions, we began to do evangelism, we were basically kids. But we owned it because the little we had, we shared it. I remember being 16. I was 16 when I had a friend and a few friends who said, let us do a, let us do a crusade. <laughs> Let's do a crusade. And listen, no, 16. I can't forget it. This crusade, we said, we, we want to save souls, plenty of souls. And we had the imagination, and I'm, it, was, it was me, I was the one that was pushing this agenda, that everyone that comes for this particular meeting 
We are going to feed them. I don't even know what money was. That we are going to feed them. So we call the crusade, we call it the choice is yours feast. I've never been to a buffet before in my life. I don't even know what, I didn't know what buffet was. But we call it the choice is yours feast. That people are going to come for the feast and it's going to be like a buffet. The choice is yours. So we contributed this advice, idea, we're going to invite all the people around. All our parents, we believe that you are not saved. You know, there's a way that you are born again, your spirits feel that everybody around you is not born again. We believe everybody was born again. They're not born again. They will get born again this night. We organized events, organized money for food, did snacks, did all sorts, prayed for this meeting. Hi! Prayed. Rehearsed. There was a drama. I was going to do a drama. I was going to do music. I was going to do choreography. Choice is yours. And then, at the closure of it, we are going to give another call. And me, I was very invested in the drama. My other guys was very invested in some of the things we were doing. So we identified one bros. I cannot forget that bros. What are today? <laughs> he said, you are the one that will preach the message. Preach correct message. <laughs> because this is where we have the souls. That day, we organized events. It was assembly hall in my secondary school that we used. We packed the hall. <laughs> we packed the hall, everybody was there in the meeting. We did the dramas, did everything, did everything. And then it got time for water call. You know, while the guy was giving the water call, he was giving a message. And I killed him so. <laughs> Kill him, <your> boy. <laughs> What's going on here? We were praying, God. <laughs> Whatever you say now, at this point, use it for your glory. <laughs> Because we didn't feel, you know how you are judging? We didn't feel like, ah, this is the crowning glory of everything. This is where we move in the souls. We shall did the, they did the other call. We felt the other call wasn't injured enough. We went to further make more call to say, if you are here, <laughs> God wants to touch your life. At the end of the day, we had 10 people that came forward. I can't forget. 10. We prayed for them. Steve was one of them. Mr. Steven. Pray for them. And then we console ourselves. That where Billy Graham gave his life to Christ. They had worked very hard, but only he gave his life to Christ. <laughs> they did a lot of work. They put in a prayer, but only one person gave their life to Christ that day. And they felt disappointed. But look at what Graham is doing today. That maybe our own Billy Graham is inside this meeting. This dead. Maybe that's where God will have God will make it happen. What am I saying? I'm saying when you share. When you move to share God's word, you begin to gain ownership of his revelations. Believe, verbalize, obey, and share. God's word is an available resource for us to be able to command things to be that were not. We need to learn to utilize and activate God's word. I'll talk about one more today. I wanted to do a little bit more on that God's word so that we understand this is something we can begin with. You see, God's word allows us to start on the first page. Then after Adam, we saw that as soon as man was created, God stopped creating. Amen. As soon as man was created, is there anything God created other man? Nothing. Everything else that we have in this room was created by man. Why? Because when God created man, God gave us the capacity to be like him. He made us in his image and his likeness. 
And many of us, are we utilizing our likeness of God? Amen. Are we utilizing the fact that we are like God? Or do we think it's his brother in is like God? Maybe God is people that, that have grown in the faith. God, how can I be like God? We, we are looking at yourself incorrectly. The moment God made us, he made us co-creators with him. I like what he said. He said, I am the vine. You are what? Branches. What does that mean? It means anything I want to produce, I produce through you. Amen. Anything God wants to do, he does through who? Through you. And don't spiritualize it. Don't think, ah, every spiritual thing that God wants to do, he does through you. No. You and I are branches. We are his expressions. We are his manifestations. He does things through us. The Bible says he made us, when he wanted to make man, he said, let us make man in our image. God entered into a community vocabulary, created man that we need other people to work with, and in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth. Let them multiply, refill the earth, replenish it, let them subdue it, and let them have dominion. God's intention for your life is not that you'll be under. He wants you to be above. He doesn't want you to be behind. He wants you to be the head. He doesn't want you to be small. He wants you to be big. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Anytime anybody looks at you, they are not seeing the full you. Amen. They are seeing the flesh, human structure around you. They cannot see the technology behind you. And we are co-creators with God. And because we are co-creators with God, what do we have the opportunity to enjoy? We are, it says when you are linked with me, the relationship intimate and organic, there is nothing that, as in, you will bear fruit. There's nothing that, there's no productivity that you will miss out on. Look at the vine. Look at the branches. Look at the fruit. Does the vine bear the fruit? No. The branches bear the fruit. So what can I do to enjoy my being co-creator with God? Have an intimate relationship with God. Your productivity is a direct connection to your intimacy. You will, you will lack no fruit. You will lack nothing. You will be abundant in fruits. You will be abundant in expressions for as long as you remain connected to him. Without him, we're as good as dead wood. Now what does this say? For many years, and I think I shared it here, for many years, I'll go to God and say, God, I need, I need help with this. And God will say, study your word. I want to do this. God will say, study the Bible. I want to read my scriptures. What's he saying? He's saying, abide in me. You want to bear fruit. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to achieve? Abide in me. What do you want to do? Abide in me. Because Every, everything God wants to do, he will do through those who abide in him. And I don't know what your, what your dream is. Because your dream is my dream is because God is putting his own dream. He's putting your dream, the dream that he has for you in your heart. He's putting the dream that he has for me in my own heart. I like uh, Proverbs 16 verse 3. It says, roll your thoughts to God. Roll your plans to God. Commit your plans and your works to him. He says, he will make your thoughts agreeable with his will and then what you do will prosper. For me, it's very powerful. God is saying, God, there's this project I want to do. I just want to commit this project to your hand. I don't even know the head of tail of it. I don't know how it's going to work. But I trust you with this project. I want to do this project. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, my heart is indicting this project. 
I don't want to just go on my frolic of my own and go and just be doing things. God, I commit to your hand. If you want me to do this project, inspire me. If you don't want me to do it, let every passion for this project die. Yeah? I, I feel like you want me to do it, but I don't know. I'm not sure. So I commit it to your hand. God, if this is something you want me to do, let me find passion for it. Let me find energy for it. Let me find resource for it. I want to do your will, you know. That's all I want to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Then I take it and I, and I pray and I sleep and I wake up the next morning and I feel like, okay, do something else. I let it go. And I wake up the next morning and I feel like, again, again. Bible says, he will make my thoughts. Once I've done that, he will make my thoughts to become agreeable with his will. It means the things I will begin to think about, the ideas I will begin to come up with, the things I will begin to think about, he will author them. And once he authors them and I engage in what he wants me to do, I will be fruitful. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to do big things for God, you want to do things within your community, you want to reach out and do his assignments, roll your works to him. Understand that God is creating nothing new. God has already created you. He has birthed you in Christ Jesus and he wants to walk through you. Once you get that very clearly, understand this, there's no... And it's not, ah, it's easier for people that are higher up. No, it's easy for everybody. You know, <laughs> in this life, eh, we are the one that limits God. Oh. Amen. What God is able to do in your life, you are the only limit. Oh. Yesterday, I was, I, checked, I was looking for a particular company online, and I was asking myself, you know, when did this company start? I had heard about the company. The company is doing something similar to what I feel I can do. <laughs> and I went to check the company out. To say, when did this company start? And I saw that they started in 2021. This company. They've done seed funding. They've done series A. They've done series B. They've done series C. It's done last year. I'm like, is it fast like this? They've raised, they've raised about $107 million. I'm like, this started in 2021. It's okay, let me check another one. I think another one that one of my friends is currently the MD, MD of. And I checked the company and I'm like, this company, we're trying to do business with them. We're trying to do something with them. And like, when, they, when were they formed? And I checked. Ah, they, were, they were formed last year. What they are doing is not complicated. They were formed last year. They've done seed. They've done precedes. They've done series A. They've done series B. They've raised like $300 million. They have like 600 staff. I'm like, last year, what am I saying? I'm saying, if your calculation is that God will bless you in 10 years' time, that's your calculation. If your calculation is God can do it this year, that's your calculation. But if you roll your works and thoughts to God, allow him to fill your energy and passion, allow him to do it his way, and know that there is no limit to what God can do if it is his agenda. So my prayer for you this morning, as we bring this meeting to a close, is that God will open the eyes of our understanding so that we may know the things that God wants to do around us, the things that give him pleasure around us, and you give us the inner strength to pursue those things with passion so that the resources that he wants to have, you know, the resources he wants to utilize, you can become a channel 
for the execution of them. I was talking to somebody this morning, and I was saying, person was saying, ah, person was asking me, ha, how is market women? I said, it's going fine. He said, ah, I want to do more for market women. I said, okay, that's good. And then I was talking and I said, look, people have money. People have money. They are looking for good to do with it. And this is, this is what breaks my heart. People have money, they are looking for good to do with it, and they cannot find enough. Somebody says, people, when we give them money, what they are doing changes. Once they collect money like this, they just upgrade their life. Remember, I upgraded life. The one you need to explain to people. How many of us know the price of uh, Highlander, brand new? You don't know the price. It's why your friend buys it. And he wants to let you know that it's a good car. I say that thing. This smoker, he's 50 million. See, he? In your mind, you're thinking 50 million. That's what he did. People want to do good. They don't have enough people to give. God wants to transform the world. I pray he finds you and I. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed. If you'd like to connect with us further, if you need discipleship, need counsel, guidance, or prayers, please connect with our website, www.hcc.org.ng. We'll be happy to help you in every way we can. And if you're already a Christian and a child of God and you would like to join us in the work of reaching to the communities and making a difference in people's lives, there's an amazing project we're doing we would like to invite you to be a part of. If you go to www.marketwomeninitiative.org, you can get to find out amazing opportunities to partner with us in reaching our community. God bless you.